1: Hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area with an office in Pinconning, And you can find us online at InsightFolios.com as well for more great information and resources at your fingertips. Well, let's uh, dive into our show, shall we? Sure. Secure Act 2.0. This is something we've covered a couple of times over the last couple of years on the show, because as the 2.0 would indicate, there was a 1.0, essentially, uh, (laughs) at the beginning of all of this. And it's been discussed in Congress for nearly a year and a half at this point. But the second version of the Secure Act has now passed right at the beginning of this year. So we've got a couple of highlights. Obviously, Kevin, there were tons and tons of changes. I mean, this thing was hundreds of pages, if I'm not mistaken. So we won't have time to dive into every single minutiae in detail. But we've got kind of four main highlights to talk about in Secure Act 2.0. And maybe the big one and the easiest to wrap your brain around is the, uh, the RMD age has been pushed back again Break this one down for us.
0: Yeah, so let's let's explain what RMD stands for. It stands for Required Minimum Distribution. And when you turn a certain age, it used to, for years and years and years, it was 70 and a half. Meaning, when you were age 70 and a half, you had to take money out of your IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, things like that. And if you didn't take the money out, the penalty was 50%, percent five zero percent well back when president trump was in he passed something called the secure act 1.0 which increased it from seven and a half to 72 meaning you have to take rmds from those qualified accounts at age 72 now the secure act 2.0 that you're talking about walter has increased it now to age 73 so we started at seven and a half we went to 72 now we're at 73 and from what i understand it's going to go to the to the age of 75 to the age of 75 by the year 2033 so it's going to creep its way up over the year so you probably see some 73 and a half 74 and a half i'm not for sure how they're going to do that but in my estimation that's good because there's a lot of people out there who don't want their rmds so that's going to give you a little longer to plan for that going down the road so if that's you. And you have ideas about the RMDs, it's going to give you just probably another year to start that planning process, maybe make some tweaks along along the way. But for me, that's a good thing because, you know, we're living longer. So the seventy and a half and increase in 73 just makes sense to me. And then 75 over the next few years so.
1: Definitely a good development for folks there. But I will say, just as a funny side note, um, you know, it was so nice because we went from the whole 70 and a half thing to 72. And it was like, oh, don't have to do the half year anymore. That was dumb. Let's go with a nice full round number. And then it seemed like we were going to have one number, one age to deal with. It simplified the whole thing, right? And now we went from the 70 and a half to the 72 to 73, now to 75. And it's like uh, now you're trying to calculate what year you're born and all these different uh, moving parts. So I don't know. We simplified it for a little bit. And now we went back to the, yeah. good, the good old, uh, you know, more convoluted method. But
0: Well, when I was 70 and a half, if you turned... 70 and a half after a certain month you were you could do it the next year it was all convoluted back then the yeah. way it was it was all so this is much easier
1: not it's. easy for the layperson to figure out yeah. so.
0: and and for those of you that are taking rmds i suggest you know if you have five different let's say you have five different accounts out there my suggestion usually is you take them from each account now you can take one rmd from one account that satisfies all four in that case but if you're off by a dollar that 50 percent penalty comes in that's why i usually suggest taking it out of each account going forward
1: okay very good so that's secure act 2.0 point number one to be aware of the rmd age being pushed back decent development actually for most of us there all right there is also a special catch-up contribution that has been added to secure act 2.0 what's the, to know about that piece of the puzzle
0: well, let's talk about what ketchup means. So yes. this applies to You put people. it on your fries. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you put it on your fries and ask for extra fries. But the ketchup is only going to uh, involve people who are age 50 and older. So kids like you, Walter, that doesn't count towards. Um, you're, you're out of this one. So what does that mean? You're allowed to put extra money in your 401ks, in your IRAs to catch up if you're behind saving for retirement. And this year, for the year 2023, you can add an extra $7,500 to that your IRAs if you're age 50 or older. And the other odd thing is by the year 2025 or beginning in the year 2025, you can contribute $10,000 per year if you're the ages of 60 to 63. Now, how do they come up with that, Walter? We're just talking about the RMD. That makes no sense, right? Yeah. It should be for everybody because we have a big savings crisis out there. You hear it all over the news. Yeah, so why, 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 why wouldn't why you
1: can, open this opportunity up? Yeah, why
0: not? You know, To me, there should be no you know limits on how much you can put away for retirement, but the government has, has given you those limits, so you have to abide by them. But if we have this big you know, crisis going on. Now, let's just open it up to everybody. That's my opinion, but I don't know about your opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would like to, in some years, especially, put more away than allowed to. Um, yeah. Especially when I didn't have like, you know, when when Connie and I weren't married and she wasn't working and had the 401 k and I just had the Roth IRA is really kind of my only my only option at the time or at least that's how it how it felt and then just to be limited in how much you could put in there and yeah it was just kind of kind of frustrating to have uh you know those caps when you wanted to be saving more during some of those early years of working especially
0: yeah so it's it's a penalty right for people who are younger and it shouldn't be it should be the same for everybody.
1: yeah that makes sense to have that cap on there for for some people for sure no all right, so that's a, that's a good one, though. So special catch-up contribution, that'll help some folks out as well. So far, some nice positive changes in the SECURE Act 2.0 that we're covering. What about this 529 plan to Roth transfer option? That's a, that's a, that was a mouthful, but uh, I know you'll make that simpler to understand.
0: Well, that's something that's come, come down the line here, too, in the, in the 2.0. So what is a 529? That's where you set up some sort of college plan for your children. And the big fear is if I put too much money in that 529 and I don't end up using it for college costs, there's some actual things that, you know, you're going to pay taxes on it where if you put it in a 529, it's designed to be tax-free. But if you overfund it, there may be some tax implications going down the road. So what this new Secure 2.0 did is saying that if you end up more uh, money in that 529 account for your children, and there's some left over now we can take those dollars that are left over and make roth contributions for your child instead of coming up you know if your, your child's just out of college they don't have the money we can start that roth contribution early from the leftover contributions for the, from the 529 so that's a pretty good deal as far as i'm concerned because once you get out of college you know, if we can start the savings process, and if we can start it with a Roth IRA, which means you typically when you're out of college, maybe you're 22, 23, and we can have 40 years of tax free growth on that, that's going to be a significant amount. And one way to get people started on this is this is one way to do it, I think is going to be, you know, an opportunity for most people to take advantage of. And then once they start doing that, it gets them in the habit of continue doing that. And that can that could literally translate into millions of dollars over 30 40 year time frame so take advantage of that and start looking into that that if you've done that for your children
1: oh fantastic mm-hmm. that's a really good point and neat that they've been able to kind of create that additional flexibility with that plan so yeah pretty cool there i like that actually like it, makes like sense. It when they make some good yeah some good yeah, changes sure. that yeah. makes sense yeah it's not all bad all right, last but not least, uh, the other big development in Secure Act 2.0. And again, this is not a comprehensive list of changes, but ones that we think will affect at least a good chunk of uh, you listening to the show today. Uh, changes to companies 401k matches. What's this, uh, the details on this one?
0: Well, this is, this is going to help a lot of people, too. So let's say that you're a doctor. Um, Dr. Walter, we'll call you for this for this. I am scenario. a doctor. Yeah, yeah just uh, go for uh, it. Doctor. Yeah, why not? And you've went six to eight years to get your degree. You went through residency. You did all those things. How much of a loan do you think you'll have out
1: there? Uh, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. Well, maybe? I've seen
0: them as high as a half a million. Oh my
1: goodness! Okay, so I overshot so that even even though I thought I was overshooting it. Okay, yeah.
0: So I have seen them a half a million. So let's assume that you, you know, you start, you get through residency, you start your new career at a hospital but you got this big loan sitting in the in your face right there. So you really don't want to put money into your 401k. What you want to do is you want to start paying down that 401 because you think those dollars are going to be used better. Well, what the new act uh, passed says is, if let's say that you don't want to put $300 a month into your 401k, and the reason you would put $300 a month in there is because if you put $300 a month, your employer is going to match $300 a month. While the new, law, the new law says, you don't have to put your $300 a month in there But if you're you're going along those lines, the 401k company can put their match and apply it towards your student loans. I think that's a big opportunity coming down the road for a lot of people, especially for people who, you know, six, seven, eight year debt uh, that rolled up into their college loans. This could help, you know, help people along the way. Now, it's not going to pay it off anytime quick but it's going to help over the time frame so keep that in the back of your mind too because those are all good savings ideas that we just talked about you know RMD's you can take advantage of having another year to catch up you know if you're over 50 we can start putting in $7500 the 529 to Roth and then the changes to the 401ks. Those are all things that you have to sit down. You have to talk to your advisor. You have to start utilizing these and you have to be in touch with what's coming each and every year because every year things change. So sit down, talk to your advisor, see if these things are going to, can be implemented in, in your financial situation to make your financial situation better.
1: Well, if you need some help understanding some of these changes, wondering how it impacts you in further detail, maybe it's something like RMDs that you've never really planned for before, or maybe, yeah, you've got some more questions about that 529 plan and that Roth transfer option. Maybe that's a fit for you. Uh, Any of these changes, anything related to financial planning and getting ready for retirement, uh, those are all different areas that can be a really good idea for you to talk to Kevin about because he can help you put together that plan, analyze where you are right now, and help you figure out how to get to where your goals are in the future. And if you need help developing that roadmap, Kevin's there for you. Get in touch with him by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message, and the sensational Stacy will probably be the one to follow up with you and set up that time to meet with Kevin. Uh, or you can go online to insightfolios.com as well. Click the Listen button to ask questions or listen to past episodes of the show there as well. That's insightfolios.com or call 888-885-PLAN. There's a lot more coming up with Kevin Ray, financial coach at Inside Folios based in Penconning. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk some more about Black Swan events. Are you ready for the next one? What's going to happen into the future? What can we learn from past ones? Uh, We're going to dive into that and much more on the show today. So stay tuned. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. No need to complicate it.
0: This is Simply Financial.
1: Thanks for joining us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, who has about three decades of experience helping people get to and all the way through retirement. Kevin's also the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement. And here's the great news. Kevin's local, based in Pinconning. That's where the office is. Come up, say hello, have a conversation about your financial plan, and get some good recommendations on where to eat, shop, and uh, outdoor activities as well while you're visiting. Kevin knows the lay of the land very, very well. Speaking of the lay of the land, Kevin, you know, 2022 was a rough year in the market, but a little bit unique. It was kind of hard to attribute it to any particular trend. It was more of a confluence of various factors, whereas sometimes in the past, when we review some of the absolute worst days, weeks, and years in market history, they do usually tie into just something happening, you know, some sort of major event that caused that drawdown or that pullback or what have you. And so we're going to talk about what we can learn from these things that have happened in the past and uh, what, what we can learn from them and how we can apply those lessons going forward. So you all ready for uh, diving into the past a little bit here today?
0: Let's give this a try. All
1: right. We'll go, uh, we'll go chronologically here, okay? So the first one's going to take us all the way back to 1929, and that was Black Tuesday. Now, I know you were just a young man back then, Kevin, but uh, <laughs> tell us about your, your memories of Black Tuesday and what lessons can be learned from that market event.
0: Well, if anybody is my age, um, you've, you heard from your, your grandparents especially about going through the Great Depression. You know, I can tell you stories. My, you know, my grandmother lived on a farm in Essexville, and they didn't let anything go to waste. They didn't let anything go to waste. I suspected anything that was in the stew and the cooking, because, like I said, nothing went to waste. So sometimes there was oxtail that grandma used. Sometimes there was all other things. But, you know, as I look back on it, it was all pretty good stuff. So I was a little bit suspect of the cooking. But what they said was when the Great Depression hit, it hit everybody. So the Dow fell by 12% um When that happened, so how did it pan out? Well, we all know how it panned out. You listen to the History Channel, you watch all the, the documentaries on it. It didn't work out very well. It was a tough time, and then World War II came along, and kind of brought us back to, to life. If you're if you're a history buff on those types of things, but Black Tuesday was an awful awful time. Um, you know, there's many many documentaries, there's many things on History Channel, and it was bad. So for those of you that I would say is probably what forty to 40 years old and up, your grandparents talked about it, and you can kind of see it in your mind's eye when they talk about it. just wasn't a good time.
1: Yeah, not not good, but you know what? We recovered from it, right? It, it took a while, and it took a war to actually kind of get us back out of that in a way, um, but it did come back, and that might be a common theme through a lot of these.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be. Yeah. There's
1: always a bright side on the other end of the, uh, the rough time. All right, well, fast forward quite a bit. Now, there were other dramatic changes in you know the years between 1929 and the new millennium, which we're going to get into now. Um, but we're going to focus a little bit more on some more recent ones here and some more recent downturns going forward. So the next one we fast forward to was in 2000, and that was the dot-com crash. Now, this one we can actually say you were around and, uh, and in your working life for this one, Kevin. So tell us about the dot-com crash and lessons from that one.
0: I was around and that was early on in my career. So if we look back to the dot com crash that happened in the year 2000 around April. So so from April 2000 until the fall of 2002 Walter, the S&P lost. Take a guess how much it lost.
1: Ooh, at least 25% I'm going to say. F-
0: about 45. Oh, 45, okay. About wow. 45%. So you've seen, you know, a lot of, of a lot of pullback that happened there. And then what happened after that is that, you know, The market came back so you're talking about this recurring theme so from 2000 to 2002 the market took a 45 percent pullback so what does that say to you so if you're retiring in the year 2023 what if we went through another scenario like the dot-com crash well your investments need to be structured in order to produce income so if that happens again that your income is not in peril and a lot of times people were using just a 4% rule, meaning that they had X amount of dollars, they could take 4% out, and they sh- theoretically should never earn out of money. But in the case like this, if it loses 45% in the first couple of years, it's hard to recoup from that. So your investment should be structured if this happens again to take it you know not take advantage of that but to make sure your your income doesn't suffer and there are investments out there but as as the theme goes the it did come back by the year 2010 we were right back to where we were prior and we were higher
1: so a good breakdown of the dot-com crash now it wasn't that long until we had uh september 11th happen in 2001 obviously but it was september 17th as the day that gets remembered in the market
0: well it was because markets started opening then And then, you know, that terrorist attack. We all know of the terrorist attack. There's a big plunge in the stock market, and it caused, get this, Walter, $1.4 trillion lost in market value. $1.4 trillion. That is a big
1: number, my goodness.
0: That's a a big, big number, right? So we all experienced the airlines were shut down, which affected the stock market. And then, you know, the first week of the trading after the attack saw the S&P fall more than, get this, 14%. So we went back to, you know, the, the um, Black Tuesday of, of the Great Depression fell by 12. This fell by 14%. On the first day of the New York Stock Exchange, trading after September 11th, now this is going to sound a little weird. So this is going back to, you know, the market's always recover. It fell 684 points. Oh, wow.
1: 684. Now, 684. Doesn't six, sound like much. Doesn't <laughs> sound like much today,
0: does it? Because we're up in the thousands. So, But that was a seven over about a 7.1% decline you know, set a record at that time for being the biggest loss in exchange history for one trading day. Now, notice I said at that time, because that was 2001, we've had bigger, you know, point losses since then. And they're over, you know, we came back, just like we always have in the market. But the key here is you need to, if you're an income and you're retiring, these things can dramatically impact you. So that's where the planning process comes, you need assets, that when we experience stuff like this, that your income's not going to suffer and your income's going to keep coming. And you can wait out the market you know, downturns like this happen because it's always the unforeseen, unknowable events that really trigger big declines in the stock market. And this is just one of them. So be prepared, put that in your planning process, stress test your portfolio. So if this happens in the future, because it's going to happen in the future, we don't know when, that you're prepared for it.
1: Okay, very good. And these are, again, some black swan events that have happened in market history. We're heavily leaning toward ones in the past, you know, 20-plus years. And, then uh, you know, things were okay for a while after September 11th uh, from a market standpoint until we got to... 2008. You know, there was the incredible run up in home values and prices, and the real estate market was going crazy in kind of 06, 07 timeframe. But then we get to the 08 crisis, and there were maybe more lessons learned during that period than we could possibly cover in one
0: show. Wow, that is. So we started in year 2000. Then what? What was the next year, Walter? Uh, 2001. So we went 2001. Now we're talking about 2000. Eight, eight. So this is a this is a very eight year time frame, right?
1: We, yeah, without a whole lot of cr- works, bad stuff going
0: on that from, that from we're a talking market about. standpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So September 29th of two thousand and eight again was the biggest single day decline ever in the market, and we remember, it happened two thousand eight. Lehman Brothers went down, Bear Stearns went down, General Motors went down, Chrysler went down. I think you know there is lots of stuff going on the housing crisis. You know, Congress got together and they, they were not going to proposed any bank bailout. And the point drop that day was 777 points. So I'm glad it wasn't 666, because that's kind of an ominous number yeah. for me. But 7 that was over a 7% drop in that day also. And then October 15th of the same year, you know, a retail sales report came out, and that declined for another six months before it started to recover. And the key word is, it recovered. And again, the overall theme is all of these things. We started in the dot-com happened in 2000. We went to 2001, went to 2008. Eight years, these these crises happened along the way. What's the lesson to take away from this? income. I'm going to repeat it again. You need to have plans put together for such an event that your income doesn't suffer. And this is the time to sit down and the time to start planning, especially if you're getting close to retirement, to plan for these types of events. And don't sit on the sidelines hoping you're going to be okay. Plan so you make sure you're okay.
1: All right, we're talking about all these different black swan events. If you're not sure how to plan for the next one, what can you do proactively now to not get stung so badly by a future market crash or market downturn? Get in touch with Kevin Ray. Talk a little bit about your plan, your portfolio, and how you can improve things into the future. Give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or go online to insightfolios.com. Well, then, from 2008 onward, again, kind of similar thing to what we had between 2001 to 2008. Now, it took a little while to kind of pull out of that 08, maybe um, you know, cloud, if you will. Uh, but eventually, things started going up and went up really nicely. And then we hit the early days of the pandemic, and whoop, the floor got pulled out from under us, once again,
0: the floor got pulled out rather quickly. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, real fast. Yeah, yeah. thirty to thirty-five <laughs> percent, like a
0: week or two, wasn't uncommon. Where where you know you lost value in the market but the thing here was a little bit different because we knew what was causing it and we knew that sooner or later we were going to go back to work and we we're going to start this economy again but it dropped more than thirty percent we had people who retired in january of twenty twenty and then they faced this and that was kind of, you know it's kind of nerve wracking if you were in that particular situation but fortunately it was a pretty quick recovery uh, with the market making full recovery by pretty much late july and august So what do you take from that? Markets are resilient. Markets come back. You know, we had some big things we've been talking about since the year 2000 that's really stressed the market out. But over and over and over again, the market has come back. Again, you know, when we talk about investing in the market, it's always long-term. We got to look long-term. We got to prepare for income. We can't, you know, be emotional on all these things because a lot of people are emotional in the year you know, 2000 and 2008. But in 2020, Walter, things were different. For my office, we had people during the pandemic call up. They wanted to be invested. They wanted to take advantage of this market downturn because they've seen the 2000, they've seen the 2008, um, they've seen the you know, the September 11th, and they've known that the market's recovered. So we had lots of people come into the office during that timeframe who just wanted to invest because they've seen the bottom, they've seen the opportunity there, that was, you know, to get in and, and, and make some make some money on the upswing when it finally did come back. And people that was a different time for me after this thirty years of doing it. People really took some some action on the opportunity that was there. And all of these things we talk about, there's always opportunity. You just have to be aware of it and you have to take advantage of it.
1: All right, very good, Kevin. And uh, let's move into our final uh, piece of this conversation as we talk about the different black swan events, the different things that cause such turmoil in the markets. And the one we're going to talk about next is the next one. We don't know when that next Hall of Fame crash is going to be, Kevin, but we do know that you can help us be prepared for it.
0: Well, we do we do this a lot at our, at our um, office here, Walter. You're right. We don't know when the next one's coming, but we do know there's going to be a next one. Always has and always will be. So from our standpoint, we can stress test your portfolio. What do I mean by that? Well, let's assume... You retire one, you know, this year, and then three years down the road, the market pulls takes a pullback. I can show that in your simplicity plan that we put together. The market pulls back. I can show how it affects your income. If it affects your income, I can show a 20% decline, a 30% decline, and then we can actually stress test your portfolio to see if you can withstand it with your current investments. And if the stress test, you know, if you fail that stress test, it's like going to a doctor and you get on the treadmill and you fail that stress test, there's going to have to be an operation or some procedure done. Same thing here. We have to look at your portfolio. We have to tweak it. We have to do some test on it and we have to see. How strong your portfolio is for the next big one, as you as you just put it, and if it isn't strong, we need to reposition assets. We need to di- come up with a different strategy so you are prepared for it because it is coming. We just don't know when. So the, I think the lesson here is we've talked about you know all of these downfalls in the market, and some of them pretty quickly. Some of them took a while to recover, but the one thing that's in in common is they all recovered. And the other thing that should be in play is have your portfolio structured so you can withstand this so your income continues to come in your income doesn't suffer and how do you do that it's pretty easy you sit down with your advisor if you don't have an advisor come into my office we do this every day day in and day out and this is my passion this is what i love to do i love the income plan so don't sit on the sidelines don't procrastinate don't wait for the next one do some action now take action now and get prepared and um so when it does happen, you're you're much better off and you're not making emotional decisions.
1: The number to call to get in touch with Kevin and talk about planning for your financial and retirement future and getting on the right page with your retirement plan, 888-885-PLAN is the number. 888-885-PLAN. Call that number. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message. Kevin and the team, the sensational Stacy, will follow up with you, set up that time to visit so you can ask your questions, whether that be a quick question over the phone or a meeting over Zoom or you want to come into the office and Pinconning, conning, whatever is convenient for you, uh, Kevin and the team will meet you there. So touch base with Insight Folios, again, by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin, thanks for the help on breaking down some of these past black swan events. We've got more coming up on today's show. Stay tuned to Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. Hey. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. And, Kevin, and we've had a run of deep questions lately, so here's another one for you. Uh, when you want to give up, what keeps you going? Hmm. You're already getting deep on me this year. I know. At the of the year, uh, right? We, we've had a couple. Yeah, we need another food question soon.
0: I don't know. I just I've had this persistent quality in me for as long as I can remember. But when things get really tough, I normally reach out to somebody who's a lot smarter than I am, hmm. and typically okay. a lot you know is, and that's older than I am too. Not necessarily always older, but some you know most of the time older. So I'm looking for. I guess a way how to continue forward. And I'm, I'm asking advice. I always ask advice. And there's a couple of people who come to mind that, you know, if I'm having such a tough time and I just can't figure it out and I'm like, geez, this is the end. I'll pick up the phone and always, I don't care what age I've been always, I've gotten good advice and it's gotten me through that. And it's got me onto the next thing that I that I want to do. So if that answers your question in a roundabout roundabout way, I don't know if that's what you're getting at, Walter. But for me, it's asking for advice, reaching out to somebody who's smarter, who's usually older, and I can usually get what I'm needing to get me through that tough spot.
1: I like that. No, I love the direction that you took that in. Fantastic. So actually tangible, something tangible that keeps you going, seeking that advice, reaching out to people, getting some of that maybe it be confirmation or a new way of thinking that you hadn't thought about before. So yeah,
0: very wise of you, my friend. There's always that little tweak that you never thought about. How about you? Yeah. What's, what keeps you going? Well,
1: I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I think that was great. I mean, I, I wouldn't have answered that if you hadn't said it first, but I'm going to steal it now. I like that a lot. Yeah, because I, I do the same thing. Man, I'm really struggling today. What what can I do to change things? What how can I keep going through this? You know, there's the internal fortitude, right? Like yeah. we could all probably point to that one of just saying, oh, or fighting for my family or you know, doing it for, for this person or that person. But I, I like your more tangible approach here. What keeps you going? Like what's a tangible way to keep going? Yeah, seek that guidance, seek that advice, because you're going to get uplifted by those people if they're folks that you're often seeking advice from, or if it's something you need to be kind of corrected on, or, you know, a, a reality check a little bit. Those people are great at providing that, too. i so,
0: well, like to yeah, give a, a funny example here. I have a, a gentleman, I think he was 77 years old at the time, and he came in, we were talking, he said, man, I really screwed up. Mm. I made a mistake. I was, you made a mistake. Aren't you supposed to get better when you get older? He said, let me tell you something. you got a lot of mistakes ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit of advice I took to heart, right?
1: <laughs> I love that. What a great yeah. comeback that was for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah that's
0: said, There's just, just mistakes going to happen forever. So I'm like, okay, you know.
1: Yeah, so. oh, I think that's a great point. And, and hey, we were talking about uh, Black Swan events earlier in the show. Right. We, we, we don't always tie these back into finances, but this one kind of naturally does. And there's a lot of people who went through those events. We all know what that was like to go through the pandemic and see our accounts drop or and maybe even made a mistake of, of you know, the thought of selling when things were high and then it dropped. And even if you made that bad mistake of panicking and selling when things were low or something along those lines and you think, oh, how can I ever, ever recover from this? Or how am I going to move on? What's the point anymore? Yeah, just, just know that you've made mistakes before and you'll make mistakes again in the future. And you can just... You, you, you've been there, done that and, and you've recovered before and it'll, and it was okay. And so it'll be okay again. So yeah. there you
0: go. You know, keep moving forward, keep blocking and tackling mm-hmm. as my buddy Bruce says. Yep.
1: Maybe that will inspire someone on today's show. So hope, hope it does. Uh, when you want to give up, don't do it keep going. Hey, more coming up on today's show. We're going to be talking about uh, maybe one of your listener questions coming up next, maybe a different topic. We're going to keep it a little bit uh, surprising. We'll see. Uh, Coming up, we'll have a little bit more to talk about here on Simply Financial, some more financial guidance and advice on the way. Come back and see what we're talking about here on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray.
0: What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. That's what we thought.
1: Hey, thanks for being with us today on Simply Financial. Walter Storholt here with you alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Ray, financial coach at Insight Folios, based in Pinconning. You can find more information about him online at insightfolios.com. Have they put a picture of your ugly mug up there yet,
0: Kevin, on Insight Folios? They did, and, uh-huh. and it's not pretty, I can tell you that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm on the radio, not TV. <laughs> the, the, the
1: old face for radio joke? Yep, yep, yeah. All yep, right. yep. Very good. Well, if you want to see what Kevin looks like, you can go to uh, InsightFolios.com. Click on the Team button, you're going to see Kevin Ray. right on. That's not a bad picture of you, man. You look good there.
0: No, well, I don't know. I had short hair at the time from... But, yeah, it's, it was coming back. So
1: Yeah, you look good. I think you look just fine. You look like a fisherman, and you, you probably just reeled in a good fish. So.
0: I had to smile. I remember that. There you of, go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You you just don't want to have to be next to Paul on, on that picture with his pearly whites, I can see. That's right, yeah. I, so. and, Char- and Charlie, too. Both of them have some good pearly white teeth going on so
0: yep dr bowers he's got a phd you know, so is that right it, okay. no, dr Bowers. yep very so, cool yeah.
1: nice well you guys got a great team at inside folios always uh enjoy it when you get to check in with uh, paul or charlie and have them on the show as well and um, down in Charlotte, North Carolina area, but you are the man to turn to here, of course, in the Tri-City area, and so if you've got any questions uh, for Kevin on today's show, after the show, anytime you think about it during the week, give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. All right, uh, as we wrap up today's show, Kevin, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking about things that people think they know but probably don't actually know because we kind of find it funny in financial planning you know we we try to tell people it's okay that you don't know the answer to something the real danger is if you know the answer to something when you actually have it all wrong that's when you're kind of getting into more dangerous territory there so we're going to see when are some situations when people think they know the answer but in reality they don't and how that changes the consequences and the math of retirement planning. So here's a good example to kind of lead us off. Uh, how much income you need in retirement? I'm sure people walk into your office thinking they know that answer, but when you actually run the numbers, maybe it turns out that's not the truth.
0: That, a lot of times that's not the truth, Walter. I can give you a great story. We had a nice young lady come in. Um, She's retiring. And I said, how much income are you going to need in retirement? And she thought about $2,500 a month. And I kind of looked at her and said, are you sure? She goes, I've never really done a budget. So we have a budget sheet here in our office and we pull it out and she had her checkbook with her. So we started going through it. It probably took about 15 minutes. So we went from 2,500 that she thought she needed to 4,100 that she actually needed. So that's a big difference. So how do you figure this out? Well, if you don't have a budget sheet, you can go online, you can get them, you can figure it out before you come in. You have all, you know, what I call the have to. So you have to pay your consumer's bill, you have to pay your auto insurance, your phone bills, all those things. And then, you know, we build in the other things. But make sure you take care of the have-tos going into retirement. Don't guess. You need to know that number because when we sit down and we do an income plan, that's going to be critical in the planning process because we want to make sure we have enough income uh, for you throughout your retirement.
1: Ah, uh, it's a great point. Good first one to tackle the income piece of the equation. We know from this show, if you've listened to a couple of episodes, just how important that is. But yeah, you're on a really bad track if you you almost rather somebody come through the door and say, "I don't know," rather than, "Yeah, I know exactly how much income I need," and then that answer be wrong, because uh, then the rest of the planning doesn't fall into place.
0: That's the base of your plan. Everything yeah.
1: falls away. Yes. It's like building your, your house on a moving foundation. Not a good plan. All right. Um, another great question that fits into this category would be, how much risk, how much investment risk should you be taking? And sometimes people have a good feel on what that number is. But again, when you actually stress test their portfolio, you run into some problems, right?
0: Well, there is. Typically, I do it totally different when you come in my office and I think most advisors do. So, so when I've, I've talked to people over the 30 years that I've been doing this, I say, how did you come up with the amount of risk you're taking? And overwhelmingly, the, the answer is, well, I took this questionnaire, on a scale of one to 10, how do I feel about risk? So at the time they did it, maybe they felt an eight. So they had more risk in their portfolio because it was an eight. But then one of these events we talked about early on uh, in the show happened, and then all of a sudden, there are two, but they're still invested at an eight. So how much risk should you be taking? Well, it, it boils down to your income plan in my office what we're going to do is we're going to figure out what rate of return you need to earn on your investments going forward so you don't run out of money let's not assume it let's solve for it and i think that's the critical critical point most people are going to make let's not assume you're going to average eight percent a year for example let's solve how much do you need to make every year until age 90 or 95 so you don't run out of money. Once you know that number, then it's easy to figure out how much risk you need to take. That's critical, Walter. So if you're out there and you're taking that, you know, the questionnaire, how do you feel about risk? Don't do that. Let's solve for your retirement leads, you know, rather than guessing for them.
1: Yeah, good point there, Kevin. Thank you for that perspective. We're talking about some of these uh, different elements where we think we know the answer. um, And if we do, sometimes that's great. But other times, if we're just guessing, we're putting ourselves at a big risk and uh, creating a big problem for ourselves. And I feel like we also see that when it comes to taxes, Kevin, let's jump there. How much you're going to pay in taxes in retirement? Would you say people often underestimate that?
0: Well, I think a lot of times because they will overestimate it. Does that make sense? Oh, because you thought you thought it was going to go. The other I did. Way, I didn't thought you would you? say
1: yeah. people underestimate their tax liability. Yeah.
0: Well, we have couples that'll come in. They'll maybe make you know they have two incomes, and they're maybe they're making two hundred thousand dollars per year, let's say. Well, that two hundred thousand dollars per year is based on whatever tax rates are today. But when they retire, they don't need two hundred thousand dollars per year. They're going to need maybe eighty thousand dollars per year. So. The taxes, you know, we still plan for taxes because it's critical that we do that. But they're thinking that they're going to be in the same bracket they did when they're working. And most of the times you're going to be in a lower bracket because of your income is going to be lower than your than what you were when you both were working. Now it doesn't happen, maybe 50% of the time I see this. So it doesn't happen all the time, but your taxes are going to be critical. Now the other thing to look at too is if most of your money sitting in traditional IRAs or 401Ks, remember all that dollars that come out of there are gonna be 100% taxable. So you have to pay attention to where are we pulling the, the dollars from to get our income? Do we have Roth set aside? Do we have non IRAs set aside? Do we have IRAs? Do we pull money from this account before you start drawing Social Security? Because if you earn over thirty-two thousand or forty-four thousand dollars, if you're a married couple, they're going to tax your Social Security up to fifty percent or up to eighty-five percent. Now those taxes are more important. Do you convert? before you get to retirement and then we can plan, you know, even lessen the taxes more. So there's lots of questions that pertain into taxes going into retirement. And how do you figure that out? You sit down, and you do that planning process because if you do it far enough ahead of time, there's a good plan that could be put in place and it will really benefit you and you can take advantages of all those opportunities
1: very good well there you have it a good coverage of some of the things that we think we know but often are kind of building that plan on a bad foundation if we're wrong on some of those assumptions so best way to make sure you don't make these kinds of mistakes is to get an official financial and retirement plan put together because what kevin's going to do is challenge you on all of these assumptions in a good friendly way not not something that's going to cause you stress and consternation but he's going to put your portfolio basically to the test and look at all these different assumptions that you are entering into the equation with make sure that they are correct and if they're not fixing them and getting you back on the right track and so if you want to go through that planning process uh, it's called the simplicity process that uh, Kevin and his team take you through it keeps the planning process simple but also goes in depth to make sure that you're well prepared for your retirement Uh, if you want to set up a time to meet and talk a little bit more about that and see if you'd be a good fit to work together the number to call is 888-885-PLAN that's 888-885-7526, or go online to insightfolios.com, insightfolios.com, and you can click the listen button to get in touch, ask questions, listen to past episodes, and more. Or again, pick up the phone and call that number, 888-885-PLAN. Kevin, thank you so much for the help and the guidance on the show today. Enjoy the conversations with you, and we will talk again soon.
0: Get ready to move, Walter. Get, All right. Get in that new house and have Let's a do good it. time. I'm
1: going to tell Connie to start packing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she gets to do a lot of the pre-work this yeah. time around since she, she hasn't started her new job yet, so she, she can do all that.
0: <laughs> she may be telling you to start packing if you do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, if I do it wrong, I might
1: just be uh, be lumped into that. So yeah. I'll do all the heavy lifting, and maybe she can do the prep. We'll, we'll work as a team. We always do. So Good deal. There you go. All right, Kevin, appreciate it, and thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. We'll talk to you next time on Simply Financial.